Blog Talk Radio. God bless you all. This is Brother Omar Zachary here at Praise Tabernacle Church, Lawrenceville, Georgia. This is our Tuesday night Bible study, and we welcome you all here. Uh, Thank God for our panel. We also want to thank God for this uh, opportunity by way of Chaos Blog Talk Radio Thanks to Elder Derek Oliver uh, for us for allowing us to be to be on his platform uh, for these last few years, and we thank God. This is our first Bible study in the year 2024, and we're so excited about what God is doing in our midst and in our ministry. Uh, had such a great time on, uh, I guess Sunday night early. Uh, Monday morning, our New Year's Eve service, preaching from the subject, Lift Him Up. And that's what we desire to do. That's what we're going to do. We, we're going to continue to preach Jesus, the death, burial, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we know we're living in a time now where so many churches and so many pastors are going other ways and preaching other gospels and adding to the gospel and taking away from the gospel, but we're going to stick with the Bible. Amen. We're going to stick with the B-I-B-L-E. We're going to stick with the God of the Bible and his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, which came and dwelt among us as Jesus Christ went away. He promised that Unless he left, then the comforter would not come. So we know we're living in a time, the Bible says, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And we got people preaching all kind of things now. We got we got the church, uh, so we think, turned into a club. We saw something on the New Year's Eve service, looked like a club service. Man, it looked like they were pretty much popping bottles, and I heard somebody say all they needed was a pole in the church, in the church building. Amen. And we got folks saying there's no hell. Amen. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on, and I want to serve notice. Amen. Here at Praise Tabernacle, we're going to stick with the Bible. Amen. We believe in heaven, but we also believe that there is a hell for that one that has not placed their faith in Jesus Christ that has not, amen, confirmed their ways, their their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not committed your ways and accepted him as your, not just your Savior, but your Lord and Master, then there is a place prepared for an unprepared soul. And we want to let the world know we, we are standing with the book, 
Amen. But if you if you accept the Lord Jesus in your heart, confess him with thy mouth, believe in thy heart, meaning you're going to change your ways and model your life after Christ. You're going to mortify your body. You're going to bring under subjection your body, amen, to the will and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We we believe that when, you're, when your time on this side is up, you open your eyes, amen, and hear the Lord say, well done, in that great getting up morning. All right, I just want to put that out there. This is the first Tuesday night of the year, amen, and we're here and we're, we're so excited about what God is doing uh, coming up on our anniversary, amen. We're about a month behind, but we thank God for it, amen. Fifteen years in the ministry, 15 years. Well, I've been preaching now uh, well over 20-something years, probably well over 25 years or so, amen. But we've been pastoring now uh, just a little bit over 15 years, amen. I've served in in several roles, even as youth pastor, Amen for several years at my father's church, but we we just thank God tonight. We got a great lesson. We got a great teacher, and a, uh, she's a teacher uh, by uh, uh, profession as well. Amen. As she's going to bring out something tonight about vocation, and uh, that's part of what she does. She's a teacher in her own right, and we thank God for her and her husband and her and her children. Uh, one of our newer families in our church, and they have came in running, and they've came in supporting, and I, I'm just grateful to have them on our leadership team. And that's none other than the person, Talia, sister, Talia Bugs. So we're going to say a word of prayer, amen, and then the next voice you hear will be that of Sister Bugs as she leads us into our first Tuesday night Bible study in the year our Lord twenty. 24. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you as we come now to go through your word. We pray that you send your anointing that makes teaching easy. We ask that you would crown our sister on tonight, crown her head with wisdom and knowledge, give her what to say. And we thank you for those on the panel that's here as a support system to give input. And we just appreciate what you're doing in our ministry and in our families, we thank you for what you're doing in our community. And, God, we know that your word won't return to your void. And we're just thanking you tonight for bringing us through the year 2023. And we have great expectations in you the year 2024. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sister Bug, services to your hands. God bless. Thank you, Pastor. I just want to say good evening, saints, and thank you to the panel for being with me on tonight. I am ready to get into this word because Pastor has already started preaching some of it and what we have to get into and discover in God's word on tonight. So I am just grateful for the opportunity to come here and just share what the Lord spoke to me. Um, On tonight we're coming from Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, Um, we're just going to work our way through it. Um, I really don't have a topic for tonight because it there's there's too many different topics that I can give it, but if you need one, if you have to have one, a topic for tonight is biblical unity, countercultural, autoimmune diseases, 
of the body of Christ. There's a lot that we have to pick apart here in Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. And I'll be reading from the ESV and the New, the King James Version um, as we go through these scriptures um, on tonight. And the main question that I'm asking myself, and I'm sure that you're wondering, is why are we talking about this? Why is this the first thing that we're talking about in the new year? And it's really something personal for me that the Lord has been working on me um, with since I have started at my new school. And at my school, we have chapel, and we had a man come and talk to us about biblical unity and racism. And so, you know, when I heard that, my ears perked up, and I was like, oh, yes, what is this? And so... Dr. Aaron Howard came to our school and he spoke to us during our chapel about the Rodney King riots and how this attack and the subsequent attack on the white male truck driver got changed his view on racism. And as he's talking about these events, I have to put this in the context, I was, I don't think, alive yet. And if I was, I was a few months old. So I... Uh, was living through his experience, and after everything that happened with George Floyd, I had an idea of what the context was around this event. And, you know, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard my mom talk about it. So I know that this is a very impactful time in America's history. And so what he was sharing with us was that the Lord told him that racism is not a black or a white thing. It's not us versus them thing, but it's a sin issue because it's not just black versus white. If we look throughout history, there are communities that are killing their own people, people that look like them because of the differences that they had. And he went on to say that racism is something that has no place in the body of believers. And he spoke from the verse of Galatians 3.28, which says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I have to give you this context so you can understand that leading up to the start of this school year, God had to work on me a lot to let go of what I thought was normal. I had a lot of reservations and hesitations about being around so many white teachers and students because it has been so long since I was in a place like that. I went to Grayson um, back in 2010, and I went to Berry College, and the demographics of Gwinnett and the schools that I went to has shifted. I'm talking about schools that were 50-50, but really it was mostly white and then like a little bit more black. And so I have been around white people for a long time, but within these last few years of being a teacher here in Gwinnett, the demographics have changed completely. I've been around more black students than I have the opposite. So after everything that happened in 2020, I've seen a lot of division, more division than unity, and it has affected my heart as a whole. And it's affected the way that I see other people. So here I am at this new school surrounded by so many people who do not look like me, and I have my guard up in this Christian school. I have my guard up because I've been hurt and disappointed by people. And it wasn't until a few days into pre-planning during one of our morning worship sessions where I was just, you know, thinking about, like, wow, this 
worship is just so bland and dry and it's just so boring and where's the screaming and the shouting and the running and the praising that I'm used to. And God had to deal with me in the middle of our theater and he asked me, he said, are you going to let go of this and let me use you? Are you going to keep holding on to this and let it hold you back? You're worrying about things that no longer matter, and I am the focus. And he had to break me of that yoke of thinking that the music is what mattered when it's really the God that we're singing about that matters. And he had to open up my eyes and allow me to see how my mind and my thinking was way off. And so we fast forward to October, and Dr. Howard is here, and he speaks to us about this biblical unity, and then he further ministers to me about how we're a body, then we should be in pursuit of the Lord as a whole, as one people, regardless of how we look. And as I'm talking to God about this, and I'm just thinking about how this man has basically shattered everything that I've ever believed and held on to, he told me that today in the body of Christ, we have an autoimmune disease where we attack each other and fight the healthy cells, the ones that are doing right. And as a result, we as a people, we're not functioning the way that we should be. And so God says to me, and I'm just like, wow, okay, well, how do we start functioning as a healthy body again? And that's where we get to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16 on tonight. And so we're going to open up with Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, where we're talking about being worthy of the calling. In Ephesians 1 to 3, it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This humble, forgiving attitude towards each other naturally fulfills the gift of the unity of the Spirit. We must endeavor to keep this unity. We don't create it. God never commands us to create unity among believers. He has created it by his Spirit. Our duty is to recognize it and keep it. And this is a spiritual unity not necessarily a structural or denominational unity or uniformity. It is evident in the quick fellowship possible among Christians of different races, nationalities, languages, and economic classes. And so in this first part, we're saying that we should not let our differences divide us, especially the different races, nationalities, languages, and economic classes. The Holy Spirit is able to bring people together, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. So if that means that I have to take off the lenses and the viewpoints that the world has given me to do so, then that's what I must do. And if I have to remove my past hurts and traumas, then that's what needs to be done. And God will show us where and how we have let the world and culture create divisions among us. When we encounter people who are different from us, we have to use all humility and gentleness, not just some of it because we used it up yesterday when we saw this person. We have to use all humility and all gentleness every single time we encounter anyone and with that patience and bearing with one another and love in the body of Christ. So what that is saying is that we have to be willing to put ourselves aside 
and love and forgive every person who's a true believer of the Lord. And we have to bear with them, meaning that we see their imperfections and flaws covered by the blood, just how God sees us covered by Jesus' blood. And this kind of love transcends the walls and barriers our world tries to put up between races, nationalities, languages, and economic classes. And that is walking worthy of the calling. Everything that he did for us now, we let him live through us. And we can understand this unity of the spirit by understanding what it's not. And a sermon on his, this text, Charles Spurgeon pointed out some of the things that the text does not say. It does not say to endeavor to maintain the unity of evil, the unity of superstition, or the unity of spiritual tyranny. It does not say to endeavor to keep your ecclesiastical arrangements for centralization, and it does not say endeavoring to keep the uniformity of the spirit. Everyone's church is different. Everyone prays differently. But there should be a unity of the spirit that binds us together. So I'm going to take a second and just allow those of you in the panel to join in and chime in and let us know what your thoughts and what you're hearing so far in tonight's words. Amen. My sister, uh, you're, you're doing a fantastic uh, job just in these um, first three verses. There, there are, and we we must. And you're, you're talking about uh, the the unity. There are certain things in the body of Christ. There are certain things that that has to be a a staple, um, if you will. That that there are certain doctrines. There are just certain things and beliefs and traditions, or uh, what, what I like to call orthodox, orthodoxy, um, things that, that can't, we, we, can't, we can't allow to go uh, left. We, 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 there are certain things we have to stick with. And uh, like, you know, just the, the, the gospel itself, the, the life, death, burial, resurrection, uh, things, things as, as to say Christ rose on the third day. Um, that that those are things that we the body of Christ has to stick to. Um, there are some things that are debatable, you know, if you will, that that are kind of, I well, I can I can allow you to get by, you know, whether you baptized in Jesus' name or uh, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, most apostolic uh, tradition uh, the, uh, denomination will say, hey, well, now you. If you ain't been baptized in Jesus' name, then you ain't saved. Then you have uh, my tradition that I grew up in, the Church of God in Christ, uh, by way of the United Churches of God in Christ, uh, was you baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then in Jesus' name. So there, there, and you have denomination and people that are fight and say whether or not a person is saved or not saved based on uh, who they got, you know, the baptism formula, you know, so or whether or not you uh, speaking in tongue is the evidence of, of receiving the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So you've got different denominations. And folks, certain things like that, yeah, okay, well, we can disagree on that, but we, we can't disagree on uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's the only way. You know, if you've got a different opinion than that, then, man, you can't, first of all, we, we, we can't, we're not brothers. We're not brothers because there are certain orthodox uh, or traditional 
Christianity believes that we have to, we, we can't just like, you know, this new thing that's coming out that there's no hell. You know, we got a lot of a lot of big time, especially in the black church, a lot of the Pentecostal preachers nowadays, they're, they're saying there's no hell. We know uh, Carlton Pearson just died a few weeks ago, and he was adamant about it. And there's other bishops and whatever that are saying, uh, you know, saying the same thing. So there are certain things. No, I can't agree with you on that. Okay, we, we can't, no, 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 and I can't, I'm not going to give you the right hand of fellowship and make you think everything is okay, because that goes against orthodox, orthodoxy, that goes against uh, our foundational beliefs, you know, that Jesus Christ is God's son, you know, and the Holy Ghost was sent uh, and is the comforter, which is the third person in the Trinity, you know, you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, uh, three, as we believe, the Trinity, you know, uh, three persons in one with three different um, uh, works, three different manifestations or what have you. So the unity, we have to make sure uh, and in the body of Christ, and you, you read, I think you said the young man talked about over in Galatians where there's neither Jew nor Greek. And, that, and what that's talking about is just in general salvation. Nobody has a monopoly on where only the whites are saved, only the blacks are saved, only the Jews are saved. No, if any man come unto me, I'll in no wise cast out. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you've placed your faith in him, you've turned or repented for the sins you've done, and now you are walking after Christ, you're trying to uh, walk worthy, as the scriptures, Sister Bugs is bringing out tonight, uh, the King James Version uses the word vocation or, or your job or your teaching or your skill. Uh, we must walk worthy and make sure we keep focus on that because there's a lot of strange doctrines. There's a lot of strange doctrines being preached now, and it's got people thinking that, you know, you can live how you want to live. You can do what you want to do. God loves you, and God ain't going to send nobody to hell. You know what? If there is some truth to God not sending you to hell, here is the truth. You're going to send yourself there based on your faith or your rejection of Jesus Christ. So you 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 might have to do a part two of this, Mr. Bucks, but this is – this is real good. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, meaning sticking together. Okay, let's stick with what we know. Let's stick with the tradition or the orthodoxy, and that that's that that goes back to uh, the faith that was once delivered. Uh, one scripture talked about, and I think it was Paul that says, if anybody else come preach any of the gospel other than that what we've already preached, let them be accursed. So we must be careful, we must be mindful of the body of Christ to stick together because we have false we have false prophets, we have false pastors, we have wolves that are dressed in sheep's clothes that will love to come in and uh put a little bit here, put a little bit there, and the next thing you know the whole the the whole church or the that believing body is in a disarray because now it's like, okay, well, what do we stand on? What do we believe? What do we do? So th this is real good tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. Anybody else? 
Uh, yeah, good evening, everybody. I'll make a, oh, I'll make a comment. This is good. This is this is really good. I was um thinking on you know as you were speaking when my husband and I we go to have been in different um we have been in a lot of different um areas. We've been to a Haitian church. I think one church was Jamaican. We've been to the to the Hillsong type church. <laughs> so it sometimes the Lord uses you most when you're in a uncomfortable um situation. Um, I go back to John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. It didn't say for God so loved the white, the black or the Italian or whoever, but he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay? So a lot of times we have to put ourselves aside and it's it's funny, you know, that everyone's walk of life is different, but you know, we are all striving for the same goal. Well, we should be as as believers. Let me say that. <laughs> as believers, we should be striving for the um, same goals. And a lot of things, uh, when you were speaking about um, of culture, and one thing that I have noticed, um, a lot of times us as the black church, and I, and, and I do say black church because we will, we're quick to change our service based on who's in the congregation. But if you go to these very well-known, you know, where there's, we know it's not a black church or a white church, but I'm just keeping it real. If you go to Hillsong or if you go to Joel Osteen or these other major uh, Caucasian churches, they're not going to change their service because there's three or four black people on the praise team. But us sometimes, we will change everything. We'll change our songs. We'll change the way we praise God. So it'll fit who's ever in the congregation. Yes, as my husband, you know, was teaching me as we, as I really began to get involved in praise and worship when we first got married. And um, I've been around music my whole life. I've, I've been singing my whole life. But it's different when you are up and you're over something and you're preparing the praise team for praise and worship. Um, so you have to take your praise wherever. It's not how you worship. It doesn't matter if they're running, shouting, jumping, um, rolling around the floor, whatever, or if they're just standing there singing a slow song with their hands up in worship. You shouldn't have to adjust because if the worship is inside of you, you're automatically, I'm clicking in, I'm connecting with the Lord. It's not about if it's white, if it's black. Please let me visit a Jamaican church because they be getting down and they love the Lord. They be getting down. <laughs> they get down. I'm talking about if you don't know their culture, you'll think that they had a William Murphy experience, but they don't. It's their culture and that's how they praise the Lord. So you don't change who you are. You have to adapt to your atmosphere, but it's still in the presence of the Lord. Okay, so that's good. Thank you for this lesson. Um, I appreciate the two of you. Um, I don't know how you got a copy of my my notes for tonight, but we got to figure that out because y'all are all ten toes. I ate this message, and I'm glad because that <laughs> means that we are in the same vein and we have some shared experiences and knowledge. And I appreciate y'all for sharing that because you're 
foreshadowing what we have to talk about tonight. And so um, let's look at Ephesians 4 through 7. And Pastor Richard, we were talking about this, that there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, but grace is given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. And so we're talking about the unity of faith and that there is one faith and that there are some things that just cannot be tampered with, cannot be changed, and some things that should be the same no matter where you go. And so if we are uh, a body of believers, we have this unity because of what we share in common. And in Jesus, we share one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father. And each of these common areas, is greater than any potential difference that we can have. And if you're a believer of Christ, you have not always been saved. And if you didn't know that, I hate to be the one to tell you on tonight that you have not always been saved. Um, And thinking about that, who we were before we got saved, we as humans, knowingly or not, have subscribed to a lot of ifs and a lot of isms. We've subscribed to a lot of ifs and isms and maybe even inherited these ifs and isms from our families or our cultures. And we have taken on these things to be normal. They're a part of us. It's just who we are as a people and it's just what we do. But if we're going to walk worthy of our calling, worthy of our vocation, worthy of the gifts which Christ Jesus has given to us, then we have to strip off these ifs and remove these isms that would make us turn and attack each other. And so uh, these are just some of the things that the Lord had to speak to me about and work with me about, and not just me, but my students too, as we're all going through this weird time together. And one of the few ifs and isms, and this is the main one, was we cannot be racist. If you have hate in your heart for any ethnicity, then you need to take it to the Lord. And, you know, in saying this, it doesn't matter whether you're white or you're black. If you're Hispanic, you're Asian. It doesn't matter. If you look at another group of people as less than, you hate God's creation, then there's something in your heart that's not Christian. Once you've decided that you are going to live for Jesus, Whatever your culture says about other people, you have to disassociate and detach from that because we're called to love our brothers and our sisters in Christ and not hate them or despise them no matter what happened in the past generations before and things that are out of our hands and out of our control. We as believers have the responsibility to shift the conversation. Um, My husband has a, a central shirt that says shift the culture, we have the responsibility to shift the culture as believers. Um, Another is and ism, we can't be sexist. And I know that this one hurts to hear me say, but God did not make a mistake when he established the order where a man was over a woman. But human sin and nature allowed men to abuse their positions of authority and mistreat women and treat them terribly and that same human sin 
has allowed some women to try to rewrite that order and be the head of the household, the head of the family, the one who's in charge and the one who's in control. And we have people who mess up the bond and the relationship that's supposed to be between a man and a woman. And God cares for his daughters just as much as he cares for his sons. He has no favorites. But he established the order of family relationships the way that he did for a reason. And our culture, our norms are starting to shift and fight against that and say that, no, it shouldn't be this way, and it's okay if it's like this. And there's things and there's situations and there's circumstances where fathers are not in the household. We know that. But when we're intentionally trying to disrupt and break what God has established for the family, then we have to start thinking that this is not the way that God intended us to be because we are supposed to love each other and treat each other right. We also can't be colorists, believing that one skin tone is better or worse than the other or having any other type of cultural bias where we value someone else and their life as less than. We view them as beneath us or below us, and we have to remove all of that if we're going to look different and sound different from the world around us. And if we can't let go of these things, then how do we expect to be able to lift Jesus up when our hands are full carrying these things that we should not have anymore? And, Pastor, you spoke on last night about lifting Jesus up, and we have to lift Jesus up above all the noise and above all the nonsense of today so that other believers, because this Ephesians 4 is not really meant for the sinner. It's meant for the church. It's meant for the body. We have to lift Jesus up so that other believers can see him and see that he is what really matters. And when I say he, I mean Jesus. He is what really matters in today, in our society, right now, he is what we need as a body of believers. And Pastor, you began to say that if we lift him up, he will draw in all men from many different nations. And we as a body of believers should be ready to lift him up no matter where we are or even who we encounter, whether we're in the mall, the nail salon, barbershop, park, quinceanera, it does not matter. And we also don't get to decide who is allowed to draw near that's not our focus. We should not decide and we are not allowed to decide who's worthy based on their skin color, tattoos and piercings or lifestyles. If they are called by Jesus because he knew from the beginning who was going to be called to him, who he called to be in this walk of life, if he calls them, they will see him reflected in our lives. And all that matters is that we lift him. We just have to lift him up and glorify and magnify him and exalt him in the way that we live our lives so that other believers can draw near to him. There's nothing that we have to do but just lift him up and he will do all the work. And so I, I have this question before I let the panel chime in. But if there is one faith that unites us, why do we let all these other things divide us? And so if anybody in the panel wants to chime in, please feel free. So suppose uh, a lot. Of, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, preacher. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me try and uh, just give a, I guess a, a little bit that um, I was thinking on that question. Uh, when it comes down to that, I believe that um, it's, it's more than one way to approach that type of, of question. And uh, with with that, and I would say that a lot of times people uh, may have like their own egos or ulterior motives, yeah. in my opinion, that um, kind of gets in the way. 
um, and, and that can kind of change the very uh, construct of the of the uh, foundation because everyone we should have the the same foundation, but because of you know your your ego, because you want to accomplish a certain thing or you want a certain status, you begin to water down and, and filter um, you know every filter the the truth, filter the word. You want to try to be appeasing to everybody so that you end up changing things that we know shouldn't be changed. And that's where it comes into where people try to fit in. We got, you know, whether it be pastors, you even got, you know, just sometimes even lay members that change stuff up just to try to fit in. And that's a lot of time that's mainly focused on the leaders per se that are trying to uh, change things that shouldn't be changed. Like when we look at the scriptures that you just went over, you know, that's very, uh, very simple uh, when we're talking about that there's one body, one spirit, you know, and, every, and, you know, one Lord, one baptism, one God, one Father. You know, so that's putting everything all together. But somehow, some way, you know, a lot of different things begin to get um, get misconstrued, you know. And, and like, I, like I said, this, this mainly just uh, goes back to a lot of people's egos and, and, and you know, just, trying to promote self or just have a, a whatever the agenda is. And it's not all of those things are not of of God and of Christ when you want to try to bring those things into it because you make it about you. And then if the focus is on you, then it's no longer about Christ. So that's where, you know, we all have to be careful and make sure that what we're doing is to uh, edify the church and, and lift up the name of the Lord. So we're not doing that, then we're we missing the mark somewhere. And uh, that's that's what I wanted to say. I know Pastor's about to take every meat off the bone, so I just wanted to get one in real quick. <laughs> no, that you 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 said it. You said exactly what I was what I was going to say. And just to, just as we as we like to say, just to piggyback, uh, I, I thought about Jesus had the issue, Sister Bug. She had the issue with the twelve, and uh, James and John's. I think they they mother asked Jesus. Because uh, they was pretty much jockeying for a position, you know, uh, who's going to be the greatest, you know, who's going to be in leadership. And then she asked Jesus, you know, can can my son sit on the right, on your right hand and your left hand? And Jesus, I think if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go back and look at. It. I think Jesus told him that ain't that ain't mine. That ain't mine to give. That's that's my father. Then I think Jesus, I know he asked him, said, can they drink of the cup? That I drink of, can they be baptized with the baptism that I that I'm baptized with? You know, so a lot of times, as Minister Tober said, you know, yeah, we know what the scripture says: one faith, one Lord, one baptism. But how does all this other stuff get in? A lot of times, as, as Minister Tober said, because of humans, because of man, we want position. Jesus told Peter. He he was like uh, he was Peter was worried about what was John gonna do, and Jesus told him, "Well, if it's, if if it's my will that he just sit right here and he tarry till I come, what's that to you, Peter? You do what I told you to do, you know." In the other words, Jesus told Peter, "You worried about the wrong thing," and based on Jesus saying that, an erroneous doctrine went out saying that John wasn't gonna die. But that's not what Jesus said. He was making a point to Peter, you know, you mind your business. You stick with, in other words, Peter, and this is what happens in the church. We have so many people that's worried about what the others is going to do. No, you do your job. You do the gift 
And this is what this book is talking about tonight. The gift that God has given you, you abide in your vocation. Okay, you abide in your gift. We the deacons can't can't worry about what the preachers do. The preachers can't worry about what the ushers are doing. The ushers uh, can't usher because they're looking at the musicians. The musicians can't play because they're watching the mothers board. I don't know why they're watching the mothers, but you got all this going on, and the church is in an uproar because nobody is abiding in their calling. So the church can't be edified, and what that means is. The church can't grow, all right? So you got a lot of churches that have been around for years, but they're still babes. They're still babies. They, they still fighting over, over milk, okay? They, they still, the pastor can only give milk. He's been pastoring for years, but he can still only give milk because if he, if he try to serve meat, he won't have nobody in the congregation. So he can't preach certain stuff that he knows they need but they, they, because they have not matured to that point, he can't preach it because he'll lose them. And that goes back to our, our children. Uh, uh, Ice Pick is my baby. He's five years old. So we, we can feed him a little bit more now, okay, more now than what, when he was born. We can only give him milk. But as he grew and his teeth came in, see, that's what, oh, Lord, Lord I got to get through here. See, we got a lot of people sitting in the church and they ain't got teeth, Okay. They can be mothers on the mother's board, diggers on the digging board, but they don't have teeth, all right? Not because their teeth, teeth have fell out, but because their teeth haven't grew in. So you can only give them milk until they keep stunning their own growth. Ice Pick, five years old, he just lost his first tooth uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was so excited. Daddy, my teeth, my teeth, I ain't got no teeth, my teeth go. All right, son, that's, that's a part of life. And that's, that's a bad that so many of us have been in church so many years, and, and we've gotten teeth. Let me put it that way. Some of us got teeth, but we still got our baby teeth. Lord, help us tonight. You ain't even lost that first round of teeth yet. You've been in church 30 years, and you still got your baby teeth. It's a shame. It's a shame. You've been preaching all these years, but you still got your baby teeth. What do you mean by baby teeth, Pastor? If the pastor says something or somebody come and rebuke you and tell you what you're doing is wrong, you're ready to leave the church. The pastor preached something that you don't, that not that you don't agree with, but you don't like it because you know it's scripture and you know he's talking to you. Not that he knows your business, but because the word says it and God gives it to him to give to you, Okay, for that Sunday, because you came, you decided to come to church that Sunday, and the word hits you, but because you still got baby teeth, you can't chew it. You've been in church all these years. You can't chew it. You're not mature. You're still a babe, and it ain't nobody's fault but yours. So, yeah, you got a lot of division. You got a lot of things like that where we should have one. We should be able to come into church and have one set goal. And I told you all that last night, night before last or whenever it was. We should have one set goal, one goal in mind. With all our separate gifts, we come in unified with our gifts but with one goal, and that goal has to be and must remain to lift Jesus up. Thank you, Sister Bugs. Bishop, I'm actually I'm turning back over to your hands for offerings. This is 743. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, so I'm going to let you take the offering, and we'll get right back into this word. All right. I'm so excited about it. Let me, let's, let's do this real quick. The offering, uh, we, we know traditionally in the church we say this is a part that everybody can play. Well, you know, hey, just do your part, okay? Let everybody do their part. 
tonight, if you can, if you, uh, Lord leads you, uh, our church cash app, uh, this is our Tuesday night. This will be our second opportunity to give. I don't know how many gave. I know I, I gave that first uh, New Year's Eve night. Amen. I don't know who else gave, but uh, here's a second opportunity uh, to give whatever the Lord lays on your heart, be it a couple of dollars, $5, $10, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. I'm going to do it tonight. I would never ask you all to give, and I'm not giving also. So I ask that um, you give on tonight liberally, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Church Cash App is dollar sign PTC877. Once again, Church Cash App is dollar sign PTC. That stands for Praise Tabernacle Church, the number 877. God bless you. Services back in the hand of Sister Bugs. Okay. Um, so now we're looking at Ephesians 4 and 14. And if you're listening, there is something that's being said that I want to touch on on tonight. And it says in Ephesians 4.14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And so we come back to this question, how can we lift Jesus up if we aren't unified? And I am not a lifting expert, um, but I know the basics and the body as a whole, has to move to lift him up. And it engages every single muscle and cell. And we are at our best at lifting when we're healthy and everything is functioning the way that it's supposed to. Because when we're lifting, the arms are engaged, the core is engaged, the legs, the back. There's no one part of the body that is not actively participating in the lifting of Jesus Christ. And the whole point of an immune system in the body is to fight off diseases and infections. And the immune system recognizes when outsiders have invaded the body and disrupted normal function. And it produces antibodies to help fight off the infection. And an overactive immune system, one that's hyperactive or one that is too, too, too out of control and out of whack, it can't tell the difference between the invaders and the healthy cells. And tonight we're talking about autoimmune diseases of the body. And we can become so woke, spiritual, and just mentally aware that we can deceive ourselves or allow our others to deceive us about what God says or who he is to the point that we don't even recognize that the people that are talking, they're not even part of the body, that they are invaders that have come in. And there are so many scriptures about staying awake and being sober-minded and watching while we pray and not falling asleep while we wait for Christ's return. And in this process, the body's immune system shuts down. And we stop recognizing that what people are saying is not matching up with what we believe. And we are to be so mature in Christ, and as Pastor would say, have our adult teeth, that we use the living and active <laughs> word to discern the truth from the lie, as it said in Hebrews 
This word is alive. It's active. It's not dead. It's not something old and ancient. It's something that still applies to our very lives right here, right now, in 2024. And in our day and age, there are so many people with platforms. Everybody's got a platform. Everybody's got a page. It is not hard to get on some social media website, hit record, and just share your thoughts and opinions. And there are people out there that are just spewing out lies worldly viewpoints, wisdoms, and theories, and because of our human wisdom, our human knowledge and understanding, we can misuse discernment and deceive ourselves. And some people wholeheartedly believe their own deception about God or that God didn't mean it that way when he said it or that's not what the translation says and you can be gay and in the church and serve and do all of these things, but I am a living witness that there's a transformation that has to happen where at some point you put your sin away and choose to live for God and turn away from these fleshly desires and dead things and live for Christ and become a new creation, you have to turn away from the lust, from the sin, from the lying, from the adultery, from the fornication, the bad language. There, there's a transformation power that happens when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior that you can't believe what everybody is saying that you can accept God and still do the same things that you want to do. And so there's this thing on that if we are not judging what is put before us, we're not asking and, and assessing where the ingredients, then we'll take on that deception and we'll take it into our face and end up, as Minister Tober said, which again, I don't know how y'all got this document, we'll end up with a watered-down Jesus that instead of leading people to freedom, leads them into more bondage. Amen. I just want, I just want you to Come think on, about please. it. Think about it. There are pages and people you follow that are lukewarm. They're neither for God or against God. And on these pages, is it God this minute and then send the next, especially with social media, because we love to share things that make us feel good, things that are funny, that are real, that relate to real life. But we got to stop and ask, what am I sharing? Does this reflect the walk with Christ that I'm in right now? Is this the God that I'm sharing, the same God that can be found in the Bible? And and not even just in what the world is putting out there. We even have to be careful spiritually with biblical pages, pages that post Bible quotes and scriptures. Yes. We have to yes. be careful because we have to ask ourselves, can I scripturally back up and support every Christian thing that I'm seeing out there on the Internet? Just because it says Christian Christ, we need to filter through and assess because somebody's page is leading someone further away from God rather than closer because they might not have all the knowledge for themselves. And it's easy for a feeble-minded, as Minister Tolbert, you preached about this earlier, a feeble-minded person, a double-minded person, or a spiritual child to be deceived or carried away when they see a believer saying and doing things that are culturally okay and biblically not. And it's all about the culture. It's for the culture. I'm doing it for the culture. But the culture is not above Jesus. And the culture will have to answer to Jesus. And the culture tells us that the labels are everything. Being black does not trump Jesus. 
Being a woman or a man does not trump Jesus. Being a father or a mother does not trump Jesus. Being rich doesn't trump Jesus. Being a Republican does not trump Jesus. Speaking English doesn't even trump Jesus. The world has created all of these walls and labels and barriers and told us that it's okay to have all these labels and let that cut you off and separate you from other people. And it's okay to throw a Christian somewhere in the mix, just stick it on there, it'll fit. Or maybe even make you feel better. You can put the Christian first and then put all the other stuff on later. But Jesus tears them all off. He tears them down and he rips them up until you learn the one that truly matters. We can't, tra- we can't chase every trend and wave of Christianity, especially if we cannot back it up scripturally. And it might feel good now, but it could be and will be detrimental to us later. We need to be in our word in order to know who is a sheep and who is a wolf in sheep's clothing. We as a body have to recognize and discern the outsiders that are trying to kill off the body of Christ. And the only way we, they are allowed to stay in the body is if our guard is down, if our immune system is shut off. If we're too busy fighting and attacking each other, we don't even realize that the enemy has slipped in within our midst. And there's only one label and one identity that matters to us, and that's the follower of Jesus Christ, child of the king, slave of Christ, servant of Christ, prisoner of the Lord. And so, Pana, I'm just going to ask you all to come on in. See, I see you – Sister Book, Lord help us tonight. Um, when y'all you 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 teaching, you doing some great great teaching, great expository um, teaching. When y'all when y'all get a chance, because I ain't got time to read it, but when you get a chance, read Acts the seventeenth chapter. This is dealing with um, Paul and I think Silas and them, and them going into Apollonia and. Um, Amphipolis, and they're preaching the gospel, and the word gets out on them that they're the men that are turning the world upside down because of they preaching the uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ and talking about how Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. So in Acts 17, just read the whole chapter whenever you can. But it gets to around the, the 10th verse. I just want to read a few of these verses. Uh, the ninth, Acts 17 and 9 says, And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. These are some of the ones that were with Paul and them that, that you know, allowed them to come into the home and different things like that. And at verse 10 it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with a readiness of mind. Okay, they was anxious. They was excited about the word. And they received it with a readiness of mind. But watch this. It says, and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. What they did was they did not just take what Paul and Silas was saying and leave it there, but they went back and searched the scriptures. Okay, what scriptures did they have? This is the beginning of the church in Acts. 
So what scriptures did they have to go by? They went by the Old Testament. They went and read what Isaiah said uh, uh, he would be wounded for our transgressions. He would be bruised for our They went back and read Jeremiah and, and the other, the minor and major prophets that prophesied about the coming Christ and what would take place. So what they did was, unlike what we do, we take a pastor, and I am a pastor, but we'll take a pastor's word, and we'll, that's the word of God. That's it. That, oh, the pastor said it. That's it. And we won't go back and research. We won't go back and cross-study. We won't get a commentary. We won't go back and read and, and put what that pastor said and the interpretation because they can read it out the book, but they can interpret it wrong. Okay? They can do it in, this, in the wrong context. They can use it out of context. So as believers, we are, as, as Sister Bugs has given us all this, to being good stewards. We, and it, it's important that I just preached the other night, lift him up. So now we're hearing other scriptures that's confirming what we should be doing all along, which is confirmation that the gospel that's being preached about lifting him up when Jesus said, and I. If I be lifted up from the earth, if you lift Jesus up, you ain't got to have Cardi B playing or uh, uh, Lil John or Lil Bobby or any of these other little folk. You ain't got to have these rappers playing in the church. If you lift up Jesus, you ain't got to worry about the club, the church being turned into a club. Because really, we call it church, but it ain't nothing but a building. We are the church. So you ain't got to take your... Yo, I had somebody send me a, a clip of a church right here in Atlanta. Bishop, y'all know I ain't scared of nobody. Since he said he ain't scared, I ain't scared either. Bishop William Murphy, the praise is what I do. He probably should have stuck to singing and not pastoring. See, that's the problem. He probably should have stuck to singing songs like praise is what I do instead of putting the microphone in his hand and preaching. Okay, Cause Just because you can sing, that don't mean God called you to preach. All right? So when you got the world looking at your church and saying, what in the world <laughs> is going on? Not, the, not just the church looking at your church, but when the world, when the sinners, those that know they ain't saved and ain't trying to be saved, look at a clip and say, what in, when the world know it shouldn't be done, what does that say about the church? What does that say about the church? And this man pack out his church. And folks in that day, you would, you would have thought if you didn't know it was quote-unquote a church, if you were just listening to it, you would have swore, and I know we shouldn't swear, but you would have, you would have gave tooth and nails to say, oh, they had a club. You know, I'm here in Atlanta. I, I was born and raised in Atlanta. You would have thought they was at Magic City. Right? Whatever else is down there. Okay, that's what you would have thought. You would never have thought this guy is a pastor and got the audacity to call himself a bishop in the Lord's church. And all this is going on in the church. Paul said these people in, in Acts 17, they went and they studied. When the pastor, when I preach or anyone else, when we're doing this teaching, and pre go back and read it. Find it, Lord, okay, my time is up. Read it, study it for yourself to make sure 
that the food that's being served to you is healthy for you. You know, just because the food is there, that don't mean it's healthy for you. You see a whole piece of cake, you see a whole cake, and just because it's your favorite cake, that don't mean it's, it's healthy for you to eat all that cake at one time. Take your little slice. Take your little slice. Okay, so Sister Bud, you, 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 you might need to do a part two on this because, all right, that's it. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, Bishop. And you might be right, I might have to do a part two because we are already at 8 o'clock. And I, I've got a little bit left, a little bit left. It's so good that I, I'm i going to say this last part here and then I'll just save the rest for some other day, some other time, um, if that is all right with you, Bishop. That's fine with me, my sister. I know I took up a lot of time. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, Um, and so we're talking about our spiritual immune system and the defense that we have against this every wind of doctrine. It's discernment, and discernment means to rightly judge based off of God's word and will. Not our word and our will and what we think um, is what God says in his word, and we use discernment to fight off tricks of the enemy that try to throw off the normal function of the body that would stop us from lifting Jesus above all things. And Jesus is higher than any label that we can put on ourselves. And so the present-day church has taken on this worldly us versus them mentality or even us versus us, and it's so divided. And I just this is just something that kind of blows my mind. And I know historically – why, but it's just like now in this present day and age, why haven't these two come together? And I'm just asking you, have you ever thought about how Christian and gospel are two separate music genres of music, but we're singing about the same God? That's just something that kind of trips me out a little, that when you go to any kind of platform, streaming service, Christian and gospel are two separate genres. They're not even together. It's very clear what they're saying because the Christian is a white artist and the gospel is the black artist. It's Christian and gospel the same the same God. And it's just we are so divided that we're not even asking these questions and we're too busy attacking each other or building up and adding on to the walls instead of being bound together in unity. And I mentioned this this Christian and gospel because after Dr. Howard came, he played this video of his choir at Liston University and the kids loved it and they all came to school the next day and they're like, oh man, I was listening to that song in the car. And there's a lady across the hall from me and she is everything to me. I love Mrs. Free. She's a white woman, much older than me, but she is one of my work besties. I love her. And after he came to speak to us, we started having praise parties in the hallway. And we started off with the song that Dr. Howard played for us and then I was just like, here, I started sending her signs. I was like, do this one and that one and this one and that one. And I see it at school every Friday that there are some kids who will walk past our hallway praise parties and act like they don't see us and walk right by us. But then there's other kids who have never even heard of Hezekiah Walker, and they don't care. They will come over, dance and sing with us. And it's everything to me because I know that those kids, they get it. They understand. And, you know, there's other kids yeah. who walk by and they're comfortable, they're unsure, they're too cool, they don't know, that they just go on about their business. And I'm just like, oh, don't, don't you love Jesus? 
And I know not every student is a Christian, but those that aren't, just like, you know, we're thinking about, about Jesus, right? And it's okay if it's not the style of music that you're used to because even I'm adjusting to that. But what matters is that this is talking about Jesus and we're praising our Savior. And if I'm not mistaken, um, we both believe in him. So we have to come up out of ourselves, who we are, what we think, and allow the Holy Spirit to unite us. And it's not something that we can create or force, but the Holy Spirit brings us together out of our love and our worship and our appreciation and gratitude for Christ. And I'm just going to end with this last part here. And it says the Holy Spirit is perfect. He sees through all of our mess and our human mess, and he works to fight against these things that are in the hearts of every believer. And the Holy Spirit is the antibody. He is the one that exposes that which is not of God and removes it from us. But it's the weak that are the weak in faith that are the most vulnerable. And who is weak? Those who do not read the word for themselves daily and do not know the word from themselves personally, those are the ones that are most at risk. And I spoke about Lady McDonald on Christmas Eve, and I just want to read you the description of his Books of the Bible course because it convicted me and it made me think. And he says, Star Trek fans read every book and see every movie. Harry Potter fans pour over every word. Marvel Cinematic Universe fans know every element of their interconnected universe. But why do Christians not know the entirety of our sacred texts? Want to battle biblical illiteracy with your students or yourself? Want to eradicate it? The first step in knowing the whole Bible is knowing what each book is and how it connects to the overall story. And, you know, I have my things that I was a fan of growing up. It was One Direction. I loved Peter Pan. And for those of you in my generation, it was Twilight. I read every single book, and I knew every single detail. But now that I'm getting older and more mature in Christ, I'm trying to learn more about the Bible. And I'm personally challenging you, but not that it's a competition. I'm inviting you to read the Bible in all of its entirety with me this year. Whatever Bible plan you want to do, let's make it a goal if you're with me. Let's just read the Bible from beginning to end because how can we preach about Jesus? How can we preach about God, evangelize, do all of this if we don't even know the word for ourselves, if we can't even explain the word and how it's all connected for ourselves? And so, again, I'm not a doctor. I want to make that very clear, but I do have a basic understanding of the body. If we are to function as a body, everyone has a part to play. Jesus established what those roles were, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And every cell or person has to perform its basic duties. And you matter in the body of Christ. And the gifts given to you will help all of us. And you have to spend time with the Lord and grow and mature so that when we see an invader, we as a body can deal with that invader before it causes more damage to the body. In there tonight and come back to the end of this message on another night, but I just hope that this word encouraged you, that it's challenging you and pushing you and sharpening you to pursue the Lord and righteousness and holiness and this of a maternal service back over to you. All right. All right. Okay now, Sister Bug, you're gonna have to do part two. Okay. It's just that simple. We 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 can stay here for we can stay here for a minute. Uh, so wherever you need to pick up at at your next uh, Bible study turn, I want I want you to pick back up there, and and I know I did a lot of talking tonight, uh, but this this was real good. So we we not gonna we not gonna rush it. We're not gonna rush on through it. So just pick up halfway point or the next verse or whatever um, your next time 
teaching. Um, because you know, we I I got really introduced. You, you started out talking about uh, you know your job, and I'm a witness to how Gwinnett County, the population has changed. As I stated, I'm 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 an Atlanta boy, uh, born and raised in DeKalb County, and I've been coming to Gwinnett since. 1989, when my father started pastoring in Decula. Uh, Decula back then, for every every you you had maybe one black for every 10 to 20, you know, Caucasian or white. Uh, but now it's totally different. It is totally different. Hebron, the the school that that Sister Bugs is is at, um, they didn't have all that that they got now that's there, but. Uh, they, they're probably, as she stated, still maybe majority, uh, you know, Caucasian there. Uh, but the surrounding areas um, has really, has really changed. So um, when you talk about the music, it, y'all, let's look at let's look at the awards that are given. Okay, you, you back in the day, you know, you had your your certain awards. Our generation, we came up, you know, you had certain night, you had your certain music awards. But now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, generally for the black church, they have the stellar awards. Now you can look at that award show now, and you and you probably think it's, it's almost matching the BET. You, you just never know. But then on the other, for the how should I how, for the the white gospel, you got I think it's the contemporary Christian music, the CCM. I think that's what it is. I think my wife, my wife probably knows it, you know, uh, better than I do. But that's a whole nother, um, you know, that's a whole nother gospel, um, you know, area, should I, should I say. That's what, I guess that's what your hill song and all these, and if we really look, if you, if you go look at a lot of these churches, a lot of stuff has been coming out on these pastors, okay, and these founding pastors of these these hill songs and these other churches, okay. There's been a lot of stuff come out. We sang yeah. they song. There's been a lot of songs that we singing now that came from these churches, and a lot of these, a lot of these folks are. And it's been going on in the black church. I'm not, we're not excusing the black church, but it's going on in the white church too. And I'm saying black and white because we're just dealing with our culture. Now, traditionally, we have been. Uh, Pentecostal Baptist was more reserved, and eventually the Pentecostals, which came out of the Baptist, uh, began to cel- be more celebratory. Um, and I want y'all to know, you you got some white Pentecostals, especially what they would call the Assembly of God. Okay, the Assembly of God, uh, that organization itself, uh, pretty much came out of the Church of God in Christ. When you look at their history. Bishop Charles H. Mason, Bishop C. H. Mason, the founder of the Church of God in Christ, back when Jim Crow and all this separation of church and state, he was uh, uh, ordaining white pastors. Okay, and then when all this stuff happened, he they eventually separated and they started the assemblies of God. And and whether y'all know or not, white folks celebrate. Look at some of these videos on YouTube. White, they might not be on the two and four, but they get on the one and three and they go on to have church. Okay, Nothing. and then definitely, if you don't think they get excited, go to a ball game. And my sons happenly just so happen to play the sport that most black young men don't play. 
and that's baseball. And me and my wife can tell you, we've been on. I've had to carry, literally carry some coaches off the field because they done got so excited or got upset with the umpire or whatever. And everybody know I'm the. I've had to. I've literally, and I've had grandparents call me and say, "Thank you, thank you, Mr. Omar, thank you, Pastor, for doing that." You know, so they do get excited. Okay, so folks get excited, they just get overcited on what they want to. So just because some of these churches are reserved, and as my wife said earlier, we've been to Sarah Place, we've been up to Jensen Franklin, you know, Free Chapel, them folks, you know, they had Marvin Winans up there years ago, and we went, okay? And Cece Winans, Marvin's younger sister, she just came out with, and you watch her YouTube uh, they got a big thing on some of her response to what's going on. She said, I'm sticking with holiness. And then the same thing that Sister Bugs is teaching tonight is pretty much what her testimony was when she was challenging the people at her church. If y'all hear, she's not the well, her husband, if I'm not mistaken, is the pastor. But she was saying, if y'all hear me saying or doing anything that's contrary to the book, please leave. That's what this woman said. Look, at, look it up, C.C. Winans. She said, if y'all hear me preaching or saying anything or living contrary to what the Bible says, she told those people, leave the church. And that's what we got to be. That's what we got to be. We got to, y'all, you better take your soul, let me say we, we better take our souls serious. You better take your soul serious. So what does it profit? And we hear this all the time, a man to gain the world. And lose his soul. We all going to stand before God and give an account for the deeds done in our body. And you know what? You can't blame the pastor. You can't blame nobody else. You're going to have to take responsibility for your actions. You've been called. You're in the body of Christ. But what are you going to do? You had three examples. You had the one that had the five talents. He went and made five more. You had the one that made the two talents. He used what he had. He made two more. But then you had that one that had one talent, meaning he didn't have to do as much as the other two. But what did he do? He chose to sit on it. He went and buried it. And when it came down to him standing, if you will, before God and giving the count, he said, well, Lord, I knew you was a hard man, and you reap where you work, and you had not sown. So what I did, I went and dug. I took time to dug in the earth. And the Lord said, you, in other words, you crazy. You could have at least went and put it to bait my money for usury, so you could at least made something. And God called that man. Oh, bless his name. He says, boys, you got to do this again. I'm getting too happy. He called him a wicked and slow for serving. There's a lot of y'all sitting in church on Sunday morning, a lot of us. That's going to be called wicked and slowful. So you better get your mind right. You better, that's something, that's something I always, I used to hear always in the locker room. As they try to prep, pep up the boys, one of the coaches would say, get your minds right. And I want to challenge Praise Tabernacle. We might be few in number, but God only needs a few. He only needs a few. But I want to challenge the few of us to get our minds right. And let's lift him up. Lord, I've got to, Lord, I got to be through with this. Let's lift him up as never before. You want to rap? You want you want to you want to rhyme? Let's lift him up as never before. In the year twenty, I'm from Little Park, so we say twenty 
24. I know it's four, but I feel like saying four. Let's lift him up as never before in 2024. God bless you. All right, I done talked, and my wife done. She's getting on me. Anybody on the panel, Sister Buzz, listen, go, go ahead on and prepare for part two. I don't care if you start back at the beginning and do it all over again. It'll be something fresh for us. You know, the same people are texting me saying, you're working tonight, so do it. Even if you need to do it all over again, do it all over again. I have the Lord give you. But let's stay right here for a minute uh, with you. Anyone that's on the panel got any closing words on tonight? God bless. Anyone on the panel? Um. Pastor, I'm going to just say something. First off, um, you know, Sister Buzz did an amazing job with this um, with, with this lesson on tonight, very thought-provoking. And um, y'all ain't leaving no meat on the bone, so I just mainly just want to say great job and eye-opening. Um, and, and definitely we have to continue to know the, the, the things and the principles of God and stick to that. You know, we got to just keep it simple as a church, meaning that we have to understand the basics and the foundation and, and knowing Christ for who he is and knowing that he is who he said he is, you know, and that we can't try to um, change the word, change the Bible. We can't try to turn things around to make it uh, fit our lives or anything of the sort. So we just got to stand on business as we say, you know, and make sure that we are um, going to, to follow the Lord and, and follow Christ and that we are going to do what thus says the Lord and that we got to, you know, pick up that Bible and we got to get a better understanding so that we don't go astray. So we're not one of the ones that's caught up in trying to motivate and pump up self so that next thing you know, uh, you know, things is all about us. And if it's all about us, then what about Christ? So we just got to make sure that we stay focused. And um, definitely great lesson, a lot more that we got to get into, especially later on in, in, in that um, that verse and that scripture uh, that she sent out. Man, it's a whole lot. So I'm looking forward to the next one. And thank you. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Dr. Tope. Pastor, I don't know if you were saying anything. We couldn't really hear you. Yeah, y'all can't hear me? I hear you now. Uh, uh, can y'all hear me now? We can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lord, I was, I was raising my own offering. I'm sorry. The Lord cut y'all off from the offering. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. I, uh, I was saying, Sister Bug, you know, I I felt like Minister Tobit. I definitely have uh, that verse fourteen. I was gonna I was gonna bring some stuff out, but you know, I, I'll wait. I'll wait till till the next time. But like we said, it's definitely uh, these are some good scriptures, and it's right on time. Uh, definitely for our first Tuesday night. There's a lot of stuff going on that that we need to be aware of. And especially as the pastor and the leadership of our church, it's our responsibility to make sure the people of God that whom we serve catch that whom we serve, not who serve us, but whom we serve. That that is it's important that we warn them 
and and encourage them while warning them. So let's let's stay with the text. Let's stay with the word of God. Let's not be tossed about as Sister Bugs uh, brought up with every wind and doctrine. Let's stick with the word. All right. God bless you tonight. This has been a great start to the new year, 2024, great Bible study. Uh, we just appreciate God, and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus, even if it's just us. We're going to lift him up. We're going to lift him up higher as we can, higher than we did last year. We're going to go after God like never before. Come join us. Come be with us, and God will bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this great word and for the teacher on tonight. We thank you for uh, giving her this lesson to give to us so that we can review and, and look at the scriptures, and, and while looking, we can examine ourselves, not, not to examine others, but before we can examine others, we must examine ourselves. We must take the moat out of our eyes before we try to take the beam out of someone else, or take the beam out of our eyes before uh, we try to take the moat. In other words, we need to deal with these big things that we have going on instead of trying to take care of the little things that someone else has going on. Help us to self-examine, take a self-examination, put our life up towards the word of God so that the light of the word can shine in these dark places that still may be hidden, these dark agendas, these uh, fleshly desires, these ungodly fleshly desires that, that the things of the flesh that wars against the things of the spirit. Help us to let the glorious light, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to get down in our spirits, thereby we're, we're able to mortify the flesh and bring our flesh under subjection to the will, the way, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we leave this place, but never your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, tells us to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. God bless you.